Good evening. You're tuned to Sonic Byways and welcome to episode four. I think we're on episode four. Yowza. Of the Wilmington Sessions. I am Jamie Lynn and tonight's interview. Okay, I'm still in Gypsy the Boat, just so you know. I think the rain has subsided. This is going to be like a total oral history of my <laughs> my seasons, my times, this especially bizarre winter here in Wilmington, North Carolina. So yes, I'm on the boat. I'm spending the night tonight. It's a full moon and darn it, the clouds are going to part and I'm going to get a glimpse of the rays. If not, at the very least, feel the energy of the full moon. It is everywhere. So if you're listening to this now, maybe you should play it on the next full moon so you can feel what I feel. Tonight's guest is Justin Fox. Okay, so my friend Jesse Stockton, who has also been featured on Sonic Byways, recommended that I get in touch with Justin. Well, actually, I heard Justin play and I was like, who the heck is that? In so many words. And Jesse told me, he's like, it's this guy. It's this guy with this huge talent. We both just kind of watched him on stage. He said his name is Justin Fox and he plays with this hard rock band and he's got this killer voice and working at Tony's Guitars off of Wrightsville Avenue, which was not an uncool thing to be doing. Don't get us wrong. But basically, he was inferring this man is pretty much a rock star, but he's right here in our own backyard, a grassroots rock star. So I've taken to calling him the Renaissance Rock and Roll Man. Again, his name is Justin Fox, and I had just a stellar evening at Tony's Guitars, after hours, all these beautiful vintage and newer guitars, consignment guitars, hanging on the walls. And I've taken some choice tidbits for you and a couple of songs also that Justin played in these studios slash at Tony's Guitars. One of the coolest guitar shops I've had the privilege to be serenaded in after hours. You're tuned to Sonic Byways. I am Jamie Lynn, and you are listening to the Wilmington Sessions. Tonight's featured artist, Justin Fox. On the way to Music City I'll make a stop along the way There's an exit off the highway A number to so many Heading down that stretch of road today Halfway to Nashville That's where I learned to write my name Halfway to Nashville Where me and my dear brother played so the days and bullfrog nights Before I saw those city lights Mason jar full of fireflies Lighting up the sky Halfway to Nashville Heading down that gravel road I can see the front
Tune to Sonic Byways. I'm Jamie Lynn, and there is a musical sampling of Justin Cody Fox's style that was halfway to Nashville. So, jumping into the interview, Justin's telling me a little bit about uh, his touring and how it has been ramped up immensely over the years. Words of music from Justin Fox. We hit it hard. I mean, we were playing blues, just blues. I was, uh-huh. I was kind of, uh, you know, a guitar um, featured act because I started playing guitar at 12 and I guess I developed my skills uh, somewhat quickly you know uh, because three years later I was playing and three actually four years later I was playing in the Virgin Islands with uh, really doing blues festivals yeah I actually went back when I was 17 and got to play with one of my blues heroes one of my music heroes uh, actually one of Keith Richards heroes Hubert Sumlin and uh, he played with Helen Wolf he was just a kind of a pioneer of the blues and just guitar in general and he was ni- nicest guy he actually asked me up to come jam with him so it was very cool um so we went a long way with that i mean my dad uh said told his job hey I, i'm quitting <laughs> and we lived off of awesome. our income from that and savings and we but uh there came a time after three years or so that i was wanting to go more towards rock and roll and how'd that my, happen uh, well, I, I, honestly, it probably happened with me getting older and, you know, hanging out with my friends and getting exposed to different music and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of partying, I guess, is what it was. You know, I was kind of like, hey, well, this is cool, like, you know. <laughs> like party to Helen Wolf, you just kind of Yeah, they, exactly. Right? You know, it's, well, it's like hanging out with your buds, you know, and they're like, hey, check this out, man. You, you should like this. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. But it, it really came – for me, it's kind of like the natural – it's the – my musical interest kind of progressed the same way that music has progressed, where I started with something that's uh, kind of like a regional or traditional music, like the blues or bluegrass. Mm-hmm. And then I said, wow, the, the blues is really cool. I wonder if you could do this with it. And then, I, you know, I wonder I wonder what this song went on to be or what this type of music went on to be. So then you look at something like the Rolling Stones. Uh, they started out as a blues band. Or someone like the Beatles, who started out – basically mimicking Buddy Holly. They mm. were obsessed with Buddy Holly. He was the cat's pajamas. Uh, 
where where they were from. And in England, he was huge. Actually, I actually <laughs> played Buddy Holly and at Thalian Hall. I, I was Buddy Holly in the Buddy play. You were, yeah. you know, I could see the whole visual. I could yeah. see you pulling that up. Uh, I, Seriously. <laughs> they cut all my hair off and maybe shave every day. I somehow win an um, outstanding uh, best male performance or whatever you want to call and it. And you sang, of course. Yeah, sang yeah, and played. That's awesome. I had to learn 38 songs wow. for the play. And you had to act. <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. to act. It's like a 100-page script. It was terrible. That's so great. <laughs> no, that's actually, so great. It, was, it, was, it was really great, actually. These are all those kind of things that you do, and, and you can only remember them. You can't really do them again. Mm-hmm. It's not like I could go try out for it again and, and say, hey, you want to do that again, you know. But so well, maybe you're only meant to do that, do that particular once. Thing yeah. once. Uh, you know these these guys that are doing community theater and, and, and stuff, local theater. Yeah. they're doing it because they love it. I mean, you have to really work. It's it's harder than being a musician. Believe that. Uh, that's why so many people want to be musicians because they get to you know go out at night and have a couple beers and hang out and play songs. But it's, there's a lot more to it than that. And to really make money doing it, you have to be professional. It's not to say you can't drink beer while you're being professional, though. <laughs> to uh, to get back to what I was talking about, um, you know, it's time to move on from that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and what happened was we were in the Virgin Islands playing with Dave, our new guy. So Dave joined us, and we were still doing most of the blues, but we started to write. I got into the Black Crows pretty hard. It's hard not to. Yeah, and uh, so I started trying to write stuff like that, and you know, we were down in. Uh, these sniffles are going to turn That's out okay. great on this. Bring those sniffles in closer. <laughs> Winter time. We're down the Virgin Islands playing. We're having the time of our life. I'm 18. The drinking age is 18 down there. So I'm, you know. Shazam. We're sitting by the by the pool. We got to stay at a free place. We actually passed out on floats uh, the first day we got there. But, uh, you know, while we were down there, the guy that owns the radio station said, hey, I got a buddy. He's a, you know, he's a gold record artist. Uh-huh. He's got number one hits he's played with countless bands he has a studio he's not playing right now he wants to do bands why don't you go do an album so you know we got some dough great together. is that yeah his name's damon johnson uh, he, he plays with uh well he's played with alice cooper billy bob thornton he's uh he's apparently um a legitimate musician is this right yeah he worked on a as opposed to say yeah Kevin Costner well yeah exactly and don't ever ask Billy Bob Thornton about his uh acting career if you're talking about his music career because he will get angry okay so you went and made an album with him so we went to Alabama we from the Virgin up, Islands to Alabama straight there seriously <laughs> no we <laughs> okay. finished our uh, tour there it was 10, 10 dates in seven days so. okay was it like happy hour on the beach yes 90 percent humidity we got got home Got everything together, jumped in my uh, 1989 Dodge conversion van and drove 10 hours to Alabama with okay. the uh, speedometer going like this at the bottom of the thing because it only the sp- speedometer only went up to like 75. So I was just going like... <laughs> down to the- like, is it actually impossible to drive without a speedometer? It just isn't, isn't it? Like, you just you just try and gauge? You know what? You know you're going over the speed limit, but... And we were towing a trailer too, which was great. Uh, <laughs> and I just—I'd only been driving for like three months at that time because I was eighteen, you know. And uh, the guys—they drove everywhere, so they were like, "All right, <clears throat> Justin, you got to drive till we get to Atlanta. Do not drive in Atlanta. Like once you see signs from Atlanta, pull over and wake us up." So they go in the back. And they're playing. We have video games back there, so they're playing video games. And I'm not paying attention. I'm just driving, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> just like, Dude. like I said, the speedometer's down there. Like, we're definitely going 80 or more. And all of a sudden, cars just start going. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Autobahn. <laughs> so, yeah. So I look out the window, and I'm like, 
holy crap, that's Atlanta in the distance. I recognized it. I was like, oh, crap. We're like, wake up, wake up. We're in Atlanta. They're like, you can't pull over now. So I ended up having to drive uh, through oh, Atlanta right. rush hour. Giant man. It was my first car. I got it from my granddad for uh, $100. Uh, it was great. Oh, those granddad cars. Yeah, my first car, 73 Pontiac. Bought from Grandpa for two hundred dollars. I called it the mullet. You know, I call it the mullet. <laughs> no, tell me. Business in front, party in the back. From there, recorded albums, played shows, write another album, play a show. For the past seven years, you know, and we've done four albums. Um, okay, but this is with this is all Medusa. Oh, still Medusa. Still. Well, okay. See, once we right. did the album with Damon, we said before we released it, we said we have got to come up with a different name because this is like rock. Tell me, tell me again your theory of why you're called that, that oh, band. Oh, because when you come to see us, uh, we want you to be like this. <laughs> Face that, just turns to stone. Yeah. <laughs> like you come in, you're like, oh, is there a band playing? Uh, turn to stone. So, uh, you know, yeah. l- long story short, we, we did it, Ned. We've had the best times. We've got tons of video, tons of, you know, tons of fans and people that really appreciate what we do. You know, um, Fortunately for me, and I, you know, I, I can't get away, I, I can't not do an interview and and, uh, and leave this part out because it, it's happened in my life and it's important. And I don't, I, you know, I don't like to freak people I just met out, but you know, I lost my little brother uh, a couple years in two thousand nine. So that kind of changed everything for me. You know, I had just gotten engaged, and I was like way high up in the sky, and then this <laughs> tragedy happened. You know, and I, I felt. I still feel so bad for my parents, you know, so it's it's a hard thing to deal with. So I didn't know if I was going to keep playing music or I didn't – there was a couple of weeks where I just didn't know if anything was going to be okay again. You know, it's – you go through these type of feelings, you know, and uh, fortunately I had my wife by my side and we were just engaged at the time. But she was there and we, we stayed – I think we stayed at my mom's house for – my mom and dad's house for two weeks, you know, just kind of trying to build up a support for the whole family. So what ended up happening was we took a little break, took a, a couple months, and uh, I started writing. I just started writing songs, and uh, I think I learned to write therapeutically. So the last album that we did as Medusa is all dealing with that and living beyond that. I mean, besides like a couple songs are just straight up about other people, but most of it's about him and about dealing with that as a, a part of your life, you know. So um, I think it helped me a lot to do those songs. And at the time, I wrote them and just put them on a shelf. It was probably about a year and a half before we recorded them because we hadn't been playing, so we didn't have any money. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was teaching guitar and I was playing at a wedding. And I was just basically playing every now and then playing acoustic and playing a medusa show every now and then mm-hmm. when a, a band would come into town or somebody wanted us to go play so you know and i'm also dealing with this this tragic thing you know so uh fortunately for me a, a friend of mine came in the shop and we were kind of acquaintances his name is worth weaver he plays he plays with he is legend and uh, versus angels he has a studio in leland he said uh hey man uh, why don't you come do some demos and i said well I don't really have any money. And he was like, well, you, you can pay as you go. You know, we'll, we'll get it. He said, I want to, I want to do an album. So, uh, and we ended up paying him through shows, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like do a show, pay him, do a show, pay him. No, oh, that's great. So, uh, but he said, let's do a whole album. He said, I, I, all these songs you wrote, let's make them rock songs. 
you know, so we sat down and we uh, we took all those songs that I wrote, we turned them into an album. So the, the last song we did is called "Live Your Life," mm-hmm. and uh, it's that's what it's exactly about. So we we played shows on that for a year, and um, you know, we sold sold decent amounts of digital downloads we don't have that many physical copies of it i think that's kind of going out <laughs> i'm like the only one i think who still has cds and they roll all around oh, i have the a car. great i have a great album collection so what you saw is yeah. what we're doing now which is playing acoustic shows as a duo mm-hmm. and writing and i'm going to be doing a new album soon i'm writing and i'm going to just do it as me uh-huh and nobody knows this. You're the first person I'm this. You mean this. cool edit? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So you know, it's not like we've announced any of this type of stuff. And Medusa Stone is still an entity. We're not gonna we're not gonna shut Medusa off just yet. We're not gonna turn her to stone. We're not gonna turn her to stone. We're gonna leave the we're gonna leave the, <laughs> we're like Motel Six. We're gonna leave the light on for. Her. Uh. You know, I've just I got to get back to what I feel like has no uh, uh, boundaries musically. Mm-hmm. You know, I think being myself and just writing and recording is going to be a better path to take, no matter what form it takes. Because mm-hmm. right now, honestly, I'm really enjoying playing acoustic shows because I can close my eyes and feel what I'm doing, and it's intimate, you know. But... At the same time, it can be energetic, especially at a place like where, you know, Duck and Dive. Yeah. That's a pretty small place, you know, but everybody gets in there. They start getting loosened up. We turn it up a little bit. We start hacking on the guitars, you know. <laughs> and What's Dave's last name? Morse. Morse. And he's still play- you and Dave play together now. Yeah, actually. And he's being, the bassist. Yeah, he's the bassist okay. in Medusa. He's the car- guitar player with Justin Fox duo and the bass player in Justin Fox trio. Okay. Now, he was also the guitar player with me in Eastbound, which is a country cover band mm, that, that me and Dave did for uh, over a year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've got we've been musically, uh, you know, whoring it up, and we're fine with that. <laughs> That's great. That's I like great. playing everything. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I told uh, – actually, Adam that works here, he plays with Eastbound now. And I told him – when I told him I was stepping down from Eastbound – I was like, you know, but I, I still like playing that stuff, you know. I uh, I think that's part of my problem is I I like it all. Uh, I'm like a I'm like a music addict, you know, like of the worst kind. I really like it all, you know. I even like. There's even I'll hear a pop song and I'll be like, God, that's a good song. Just I get just like this, cre- this, this whirling know? dervish. Yeah, of and, musical genres. I mean, now <laughs> if great. I could now if I could learn to play good. I'd, you're tuned to Sonic Byways. I'm Jamie Lynn speaking with Justin Fox, the very charismatic Justin Fox. And the song he was referring to when his brother passed away, we're going to hear this song right now. It's episode four of the Wilmington Sessions. The song is called All We Have. Alone with my thoughts, it seems as though they're accusing me 
Anything but 
This is close cause this is how I give the most It's soft and unprotected Give it to your ears Redirect it to your heart This song is just for you Throw it away if you want to Whatever you choose to do It's still for you And every little thing I do Back to the album that you wrote, you said your therapeutic writing. Was yes. it was it um You'd have to listen to the whole thing. I was gonna say I will digitally download it when yes, we conclude please do. this. But yeah, I'm curious, you know, how that differed from the other stuff you'd written before. Well before see, when I wrote the album when I was eighteen, I haven't done, I hadn't done anything. It's like Richard Pryor said when he first started doing stand up, all his jokes were about poop. Because he was like 17, you know? He's like, all he'd ever done was pooped. You know, he can't write jokes about women or, you know, being out in bars. He hasn't done it. So, you know, I would have to imagine these scenarios like, you know, about, you know, uh, uh, deceitful women and, you know, life, uh, hard party lives and stuff. That wasn't the hard party life for me. You know, I was riding around in a van with my dad, you know? I mean, we had great times, but we weren't we weren't tying each other off or anything, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I couldn't get that kind of, you know, Jane's Addiction uh, uh, inspiration, you know? So, uh, That's funny. I, I always it, it kind of got – I got used to writing from this whimsical point of view of this is what I think rock and roll should be about, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I love Hendrix so much. I, I used to write about a lot of psychedelic stuff. And, um, but once again, I, you know, it was any, hearsay. <laughs> any, well, there's no, uh, riding on dragonflies. So, <laughs> you know, I think for sure this, uh, 
this album was real and it was therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I know that it's true because whenever I listen to the songs that tear all my friends and my family members up, I mean, they can't, they have to like skip the song. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, I like, mm-hmm. I like to hear that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause I mean, even in the studio, we'd be doing a track and Dave would be like, he'd be like, Oh my God, dude, he'd be like, just, just pause a second. He'd be like, that's too much, man. He's like, you're going to get me, you're going to get me really going here, you know? And, it's like relax. You know, this this is why we're here. But it's because I wrote them to to do that to 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 really get that out of my system. I think, and I and I think, um, and what we're talking about that's what my mom's book is about. Mm. It's about that experience, but about everything. Mm-hmm. She's a Reiki master and a Shambhala cool. master, actually. But she has a lot of knowledge, mm. and I think she used that to deal with that as well. But that's what her book is about. It's called "I'll See You Again," mm. and it's on Amazon. So. Go buy it. <laughs> plug for mom. You got to plug mom. Of course you have to I plug, plug mom. I plug mom on the Medusa yes. Facebook. I was like, check it Medusa out, people. Facebook. Yeah. I think the Wilmington hmm. music scene is good. It's there's a, there's a very strong talent pool. If you don't play some stuff that people know, and this is getting to the original music thing, mm-hmm. I would love to go out and say, here's all my original songs. Stay and listen. But 80% of the time... Somebody's going to come up and they're going to go, no, you do wagon wheel. And I'm going to say. Because every other bar in every state in the South does. Yeah, so I'm going to say, absolutely, but it's a $25 song at least if you sing it while I play it. If I have to sing and play it at once, that's going to cost like at least $100. A dead serious middle-aged drunken man in Myrtle Beach. He's, his group is wanting to hear it, and he's the patron of the group. You know, he's their spokesperson. His wife and his sister are like, "We want to hear Wagon Wheel. You better get up there right now, because I do not know this stuff." So you know, it's like, "Do you play Wagon Wheel?" 